guys, it's time for the General Knowledge Podcast, Season 5, Episode number 2, and uh, tonight it's the two of us, Andy's back, we're going to throw down just the two of us, just the two of us. Hey, you going, man? Good to, good to see you again, good to have you back. I know you missed the yeah. um, the last yeah. one, unfortunately, you were a bit tied up. Yeah, there was a couple of things going on, yeah. Yeah. Um, only one of me and too much to do sometimes. So, um, yeah, but I'm here now. People underestimate just how busy Bigando is, I tell you. You've got so many fucking irons in the fire, mate. Yeah, I have. There's, there's, <laughs> sometimes, there's, and sometimes they cross over. <laughs> and when, when you throw the, the, like, family stuff in the middle of it all, yeah, it all, it's, all, it's all fun and games. But um, Yeah, nah, it's all good, it's, man. I mean, it's all good. It was good because uh, we had you know Shannon Rowan on for um, <clears throat> episode one of of the new season, and uh, I mean she she was great. She does a lot of talking anyway, and she's happy to just to just let her you know you just sort of ask a quick question and bang she she can talk for twenty minutes you know like she's awesome. Um, it's good value too. I might have to get her back on for a member show. Actually, yeah, we'll, um, might go through a few different things. Yeah, but um, you've been uh, you've been overseas. You've been over in uh, PNG again. What was uh, what was the haps, mate? Any, any, anything to report on from, uh, from that side of the of the planet? Uh, not too far away from us, but anyway. <laughs> no, same, same. I think they're just. I think, I think the um, business world and everything that is very quickly coming out of the, out of COVID. So there's a lot of projects going on over there, and um, you know, a, a definitely a, a better vibe in the city, Port Moresby, than what what it has been in the last year or so. So um, yeah, good were they, thing. Were they were they buying into the COVID nonsense over there? Big time, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh fuck. Fact, okay. Fact, oh yeah, big time. In fact, I'd say in part during certain times it was worse than here. Um, Jesus. Yeah, I know. But it was all. It's all it was so so money driven. You know, like it was just um, money money from the UN uh, and the WHO thrown at politicians over there and they just lapped it up and they just implemented whatever was whatever they were told to and, um, of course, made air travel, you know, absolutely impossible for um, non-PNG people, um, for foreigners, of course. And, uh, yeah, so I haven't been back for a very long time since. Um, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, no, they swallowed it hook, line, and sinker, and 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 like amazingly, like um, I guess because it's the different body construct with you know Papua New Guinea people, probably a lot like Aboriginal people too, but like they don't do well to um, med- some medications um, and alcohol and these mrna um injections man they they killed a lot of people they have killed and maimed a lot a lot of people and a lot of the local people a lot of the people on the ground simple people they they were weren't going for for the injections but all of the politicians and and head bureaucrats and stuff they were lapping it up and a lot of them have since passed away so um yeah, it's a uh, it's a big thing. It's a big talking point over there that that you know that the injections have have created a lot of a lot of harm and, and a lot of deaths as well. 
So, uh, yeah, I don't think anyone over there is going to be lining up for anything like that ever again. Yeah, it's quite amazing. Yeah. Oh, man, it's just such a shame, though, eh? Such a beautiful place, you know, and the people there are so lovely. But it reminds me of um, a little bit about Samoa. Now, cast your mind back. Do you remember when it was before the COVID nonsense, Samoa had a, I think it was a measles, um, you know, fucking epidemic breakout on the islands, and they were like um, – you know, pushing everyone to to get vaccinated for measles and stuff, and everyone had to do it. You had to hang hang like a a, a certain coloured cloth at the front of your house if you hadn't had it, or it was something like that. I'm pretty sure it was measles. It could have been something else, um, or another one another so called disease. But you know, they they went through all that rigmarole, and there was um, a couple of out, like activists who were like based in Australia trying to tell all the you know Samoans don't do it. You know, like you don't need it. It's all bullshit. And I think it was based on a couple of kids. Um, dying over there or something anyway and yeah so they had this big push for the vaccines and stuff and then that to me was like uh you know like a, a trial run for when the covid nonsense started because they bought into it too samoa was would be just as bad as um png was you know they they were shutting yeah you, know, you couldn't fly there you couldn't fly out of there it was all locked down it was you know the whole country had to go and get all their jabs and like it was like almost mandatory. Like they were they were really pushing it. They had all their um from what I was seeing, they had all their uh, tribal elders and all their church people and stuff, you know, telling all their fucking like I think I think it was almost like a hundred percent fucking coverage for everyone having the shots over there. Like full on. Like they are a very sort of controlled people, you know what I mean? Those those folks. They they'll do what they're told. Like they listen. It's part of their um, culture. Like, you know, if, the, if the tribal, if the elder says you got to do something, you just fucking do it. No questions asked. You know, so these poor buggers had like, um, you know, the full jabs and stuff. But now the borders are open and people can fly in and out and all that sort of stuff as well. But yeah, it just reminded me like that was a bit of a trial run. I wonder if PNG had a bit of a trial run a while ago that we just didn't hear about too, because you know, it just seems to be the way that modus operandi these days. That's how they uh, how they run their shit. Um. um. Yeah, answer to your question, yes, I do remember that. And, yes, it was a measles uh, injection that they were smashing onto the population. And it was a yeah. man thing as well. So they were coming, That's right. they were coming door, door to door. door. Yeah. Which, which was a bit scary. Um, yeah, terrible, terrible time. Um, I haven't heard of um, any adverse uh, effects from that. I'm not to say that there wasn't. I'm sure there was something going on in that respect uh, but yeah uh, thanks for reminding me i completely forgot about that and yeah uh, a lot of, it's something a lot of people do you forget about these things that happened prior to the to the pandemic you know the, the so-called pandemic because um, yeah. these things yeah they like we were kind of talking about them and i was writing about them and we were doing stuff about that sort of thing back in the day and then obviously then the whole world changed yeah with uh the 311 the old uh, corona hoax um yeah full on just reminded me of it too. Hey, and before when we were when we started recording, we were sort of just starting to chat about that, um, you know, the new documentary that's come out, Died Suddenly. And I haven't watched it. I'm probably not going to watch it because, look, look, let's be honest. I mean, we're all over it anyway, to be honest, in my point of view. You're like, we see all the Died Suddenly posts. You know, I follow a fucking a couple of pages and, you know, it's, it's very much shared in all of our groups anyway. Like, I don't really – and we all know what it's all about anyway, really. Of course, yep. it's a vaccine fucking killing people and, you know, knocking them off after, you know, between 
the day of injection to you know up until now where it's still happening um people's uh people's timers have been uh, have been started and they're counting down so I don't, I don't really feel the need to watch it but i mean i know a lot of people are like oh you should watch this yeah there's a lot of stuff we already know but you might get a bit out of it uh, you know like and fair enough i mean i think they were talking about um well from from it there's talk of people um you know interviewing the embalmers and stuff and we already did that on the show anyway you know when we had the chap from the uk on um what was his name? <laughs> I can't remember if I forgot his name. Oh, I feel bad now. Um, oh, gosh, yeah. Uh, O'Looney. Um, John yeah. O'Looney. John O'Looney, that's the one. It was John. Just came, just came to me then, yeah. And that was a huge – that was a good show as well. Um, you know, some of the revelations that, that he was coming out with was just full on. It was kind of blowing us away. Um, yeah. What episode was that? I think we've got it here somewhere. Here we go. Uh Season four, episode ten. Back on the twenty eighth of February this year, we did that one. Wow, that was far. Oh, it doesn't seem that long ago, uh, and that was a huge episode when we talked about that and all that the revelations that he came out with. But um, yeah, they so they've already there. Yeah, they covered that sort of stuff in that documentary too. Apparently, again, I don't know. Did you see any of it? Have you seen the documentary? Give, give us your thoughts on it too, and what you have seen if you have seen it. Uh, look, I, I I just I've watched about half of it. Um, I've just had a really, really busy week, um, and but I have, did manage to sneak in about half of it. Um, and yeah, look, all of these things are good. They, they put a lot of effort into the production of it. Um, you know, uh, there was there's there's nothing really new that was sort of being thrown at me. And basically, the the word around was this will be really, really good for people who sort of are completely new to all of this kind of information for them and, and, and that. So it was more sort of entry-level kind of like information if, if you get my drift. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll watch the rest of it. You know, yeah, I'd like to hear the rest of your thoughts on it too, you know, uh, when you do actually watch the whole thing. Um, because, like, I, like I, you know, I, I get the need to, to document these things. Like that's, you know, that, that's a no-brainer. We all need to document these sudden deaths all these people dropping like flies everywhere um but from what i hear it's done by the same crowd as you know the um Stu peters you know the Stu peters thing it's actually made by Stu peters the podcaster guy um you know and he did that um documentary that um watched the water you know about covid19 being the snake venom that's been in, put in the water supply and uh, all that sort of stuff and they're trying to work out how to, to detox from the from all that sort of stuff um yeah and, and that did the rounds too i don't remember i didn't actually watch that one either but do, do you remember watching that one by any chance that watch the water um documentary i thought that was really good actually yeah okay so that's the same 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 people that made that one um i'm just going to read this so this this chap sort of just uh i'll put a link in the show notes as well it's basically just um where are we um Yes, he's got, he's got died, the, the died suddenly psyop, he's called his article. A bit a tiny bit of truth mixed with a whole lot of lies. And I'm just wondering what his deal is here. So I'll just go through a little bit of this. So he's got, um, yeah, the we, we see sort of mentions that Stu Peters, um, you know, was the one that made the documentary and stuff. And um, he goes, now the sinister controlled opposition behind, he calls he actually thinks Stu Peters is controlled opposition. But anyway, uh, he maybe is, I don't know, but. Um, he says, watch the water, uh, people buying watch the water are back with another psyop to lure in the slumbering anti-vaxxers who 
uh, and those slowly waking up. Uh, no one outside this community will watch it. Only the unvaccinated will, which I, I don't. Well, maybe they will. I don't know. I mean, that's that was part of my concern as well that, you know, I mean, you sort of mentioned that earlier as well, is that are we going to get the normies watching a video, like a documentary like this? You know what I mean? I, unless they've had someone in their family who's maybe died suddenly and then they've maybe, you know, gone on and searched the term or, or, or looked for something, then they'll come across it. But are they actually going to click on this and watch this documentary? You know what I mean? Like, it makes you wonder. I don't, I don't think they would, to be honest, because if they've gone to all this length of taking all these vaccines to date so far, then why would they watch this kind of documentary? You know, they're already switched off. You know what I mean? Like, you can't bring these people back, I don't think. I um, totally if there's yeah, a choice in the football or, you know, whatever they're into or this documentary, this will be a sad last. Mm, yeah, exactly. So that's why he says only the unvaccinated will watch this episode, watch this documentary, which, of course, we're unvaccinated and, and you, you, you yourself are watching it. So he's not wrong there, I guess. Um, but he says the slumbering 70 percent or so of the big masses who really need to wake up will not watch it. Even if they get the video thrown in their face, their their programming will kick in. As it, uh, as it has all the hallmarks of a conspiracy theorist type of movie, and they will move on to something else. So there you go. He believes that they won't watch it anyway, which I tend to agree with, actually. Uh, and that is the part of the, the PSYOP, to keep it within the community of the half-woke, slumbering kind of truthers and anti-vaxxers that are out there, to strengthen Stu Peters and his crew's position among their gullible fans as it looks like they are exposing the sudden death phenomenon all the while stroking the ego of those who see themselves as purebloods, excuse me, who can now point a finger at the sheep shouting, I told you so, you are now dying in droves. And he's kind of, he's a bit brash, the guy who writes this, but I mean, I guess he's just speaking whatever he believes in, so we'll, we'll let him have it for the time being. Um, and yes, most of us are aware that uh, a lot of people are dying suddenly. They call it SADS, Sudden Adult Death Syndrome, at a very young age, all around us. And yes, the most likely cause is the COVID-19 vaccine, but that's about it. The problem is that the anti-vax movement should not even exist, as vaccines should not exist as well. This goes back to the core lie, the lie that really needed to be exposed, that no virus has ever been isolated nor proven to exist. And that goes for the transmittable diseases as well. Contagion has never been proven, only the opposite that you cannot catch a disease from someone else. Um, as I write this, 211 health and science institutions around the world have been asked through the Freedom of Information Act to provide a record of a virus isolation, a proof that the virus exists. And yet not one single institution of these 211 have been able to do so, not a single one. And that takes us back to this PSYOP documentary called Died Suddenly. Right off the bat, they talk about COVID-19 and viruses as if they are real, which they absolutely are not. This is the main task of controlled opposition, to keep the big lie, sorry, the big underlying lie alive, the lie that feeds the whole machinery, the lie that keeps us on our knees and under the tyranny of Big Pharma. Instead, to gain trust among gullible people in our community, they attack the vaccines. And yes, the vaccines are bad, at least the very few vile, real vials, as at least 80% or more, are nothing but 
saline or salt water, as I've explained with simple logic and simple mathematics in these posts. And he's got links to previous posts that he has talked about with that as well. So I'll leave them. I'll put that in the show notes. So people have a look at uh, actually, that should be common sense. If they could manufacture such quantities of these high-tech and very sustainable, uh, very unstable vaccines, and all the vials had the real stuff in it, uh, it w- and it was deadly, people should have been dying in the streets uh, all over the place for years now. Uh, then even the sleeping masses, the NPCs, would have taken notice. So that's that's his reasoning for the fact that we know that not all every single vial has the actual vaccine, and that. He believes that around 80% of them are just saline shots. And that is definitely what they do in, the, in, in a controlled experiment, as in, you know, we, we know that's part of uh, the vaccine um, rollout testing phases. The phase three clinical trials and stuff is to provide a placebo to some of the patients or whatever the percentage is, and the other ones get the real shot. Um, and it, I, can, I actually kind of tend to agree with that. If they were definitely because uh, that makes sense to me. I don't know about you, Ando, but if they were if they were all really the high the, the really bad shots, then we'll be we would be seeing mass deaths and it would go it would be very noticeable and people would be waking up going, What the fuck, these things are killing everyone. But obviously a lot of them are just saline and that's why, you know, we people have had, you know, two or three of them and they're absolutely fine. Nothing's nothing's wrong with them at all. I mean, it's only a matter of time in that game of Russian roulette that they have a loaded, you know, the loaded chamber in that, and they get the real shot, which then probably does the damage. But I mean, they could still be quite lucky. Uh, if, if the hit rate is what he reckons, 80%, you could keep going the rest of your life and still not get the real one. You know what I mean? According to the odds. Um, but yeah, so that, that's, I don't know if you agree with that, but that, that does tend to kind of make sense to me. I don't know if it's even, if, if it's even 80%, it could only be fucking 5% of them are doing the deadly shots. Who knows? Um, What's your take on that statement, mate? Do you, you would you agree with that one, or I don't totally agree with it. I'm sort of a little bit. Uh, the jury's out in my mind in regards to that. Um, so, if you were to field a figure, what figure would you reckon it would be close to, or do you reckon that they are all 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 the bad, all the bad shots? And they're just not taking their toll on people yet. I, look, if if I was going to throw a, a figure at you and of course i'm saying it's not from anything that i know it's just my gut feeling mm. i would think maybe maybe 20 maybe at the most 20 20 or 30 percent might be like a saline shot and the rest would be the real deal mm, okay well it's close to what his numbers were anyway all right i'll, I'll continue on here um not only does uh do this died suddenly I think he means to say does this, died suddenly, reinforce the virus lie. Uh, When attacking the vaccine and to make their point of sudden deaths, they use a lot of non-relevant footage taken totally out of context. For example, they show a clip of Florida Gators basketball player Keontae Johnson collapsing on the court. Well, that happened on December 12, 2020, before the vaccines were available. So he also didn't die. He just collapsed from playing with an injury. Uh, actually, this movie is full of these out of context uh, and totally unrelated clips, and that is also controlled opposition 101, as the anti-vax documentary uh, thus can be debunked and ridiculed outside of their community, and it will only encourage the sleeping masses to trust in their fake science, to trust their slave masters in the government. After all, if the anti-vaxxers can't even make a documentary to, prov- uh, to prove their point without using tons of fake footage, they must be lying about everything else as well, right? Uh, that is at least what the sleeping masses will think. 
and also those who are uncertain and are standing with one foot in each camp, this awful documentary filled with gruesome and out-of-context footage might very well put them back in the I Trust the Government camp. So he's kind of claiming that this documentary might even achieve the opposite goal of <laughs> of its uh, perhaps intended goal of, of converting people, but actually might push them further the other way. Um, but I mean, I tend to, I mean, if that's, I again, I haven't seen it, so I don't know, I'm having to take his word for it there. But if, I mean, that just seems silly for me from the documentary maker's point of view. Why would you put footage in there of someone who's, you know, collapsed on a basketball court on a particular date that was well before the vaccines were even rolled out? Like, it's just silly. Why not just use some of the clips that we've seen lately of people who we know are vaccinated? Like on, I mean, uh, Jay Wilderness um, that Adam interviews all the time in the Crows files there, you know, he's got hours of footage of all these people all over the world, sports people and stuff, you know, collapsing and on the fields and things. Why not just fucking use some of that shit? It's all there. It's all available. That seems yeah. weird to me, Andy. I don't know. Would you? What's your uh, thought on that one? I think from a video production point of view, I think it's probably a little bit lazy, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah that's up your rally. I mean, you guys do that sort of stuff. So, yeah, um, well, yeah that does. Oh, I agree with you. That's very lazy. Yeah. Yeah. And they probably picked the actual footage for more its sensational look rather than its factual content. Yeah, which does them no no favours at all. Why? That's just silly. Mm. Anyway. So um, reports sorry. of those hospital workers, those hospital um uh, making public announcements and stuff that have been like fall off the podium, you know, like nurses. Yeah, and there's, there's plenty of those. Heaps of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anyway. All right. Um, he goes, of course, it's also a brilliant video for the infodemic agenda, for getting channels and people accounts banned or deleted on social media, as baby truthers share this nonsense. And by reverse psychology, these baby truthers will think that they are onto something when the fact checkers hit them with the ban stick, or uh, which is just part of the larger picture. And as for the blood clots, yes, they also seem to be real, as I personally know many who have experienced it and also died from it, and all of them were vaccinated. Still, I've never seen an, uh, an, uh, any unvaccinated under the age of 70 dying from blood clots. It used to be very rare, rare uh, below that age. However, to ridicule the blood clot phenomenon, controlled opposition turned to shills within the, embar within the embalming profession. Uh, and if you know anything about the death and physiology, you know that blood starts to clot the moment you die. The process of displacing blood with embalming fluid necess necessitates the removal of blood clots directly from the jugular vein, which is open for this purpose. Embalmers use long forceps to get these natural worm-like blood clots out while the blood is replaced by the embalming solution. Also, white blood clots are simply uh, heparin-induced thrombocytopenia, HIT, a low platelet count, usually due to the administration of various forms of uh, heparin, which is an anticoagulant. Um, you know, I'm not sure if I agree with him there. He's kind of saying that, you know, when people die, your blood clots and stuff. However... I don't believe that's, I mean, it does after a while, it can, I guess, I mean, I'm just trying to think, like, that's what's that? what I was saying. There's, there's um, lividity. Lividity is when the blood pools in the body. Like, say, if you, you die on your back and you've been dead for 12 hours or whatever, all the blood drains from the top part of your body to the lower part of your body. So it'll all be sitting in all the bottom of your legs, your bum, your back, your bottoms of your arms, whatever's, you know, like, you know, touching the ground, basically, that's where the, the blood will, will drain. Um, 
But from what I remember, what John O'Looney was saying uh, when he was talking to his embalmers and stuff, even if someone like that would come in, the blood would still drain. They, all they do is you know, make a nick in the body or whatever, and the, the blood just kind of just drains out. You know what I mean? Like it just flows out. It doesn't pump out and squirt out. It just kind of just dribbles out. Um, so this guy reckons that the blood clots when you're dead, but I don't, I don't believe that's true. I know the body goes into rigor mortis and everything seizes up, but from what I was aware, yeah, from what I'm aware of, and correct me if I'm wrong, listeners out there, but I'm pretty sure your blood just doesn't necessarily coagulate. Maybe after a certain amount of time it might, but you know, people are uh, having these uh, so-called blood clots and things, and they're dying. You know, they're going to be this. This process is going to be done within the, you know, I guess the first couple of days, surely. Uh, anyway, just seemed interesting there. Uh, he goes, and if someone dies of a sudden death uh, or anything that is not deemed as natural causes, an autopsy is performed, which means that the arteries are cut in several places, and embalmers would not have to would not have drainage done the same way uh, as single point injection of non-autopsied bodies. Also, embalmers have no idea about cause of death, as that is not in, in the death certificate. I covered this hoax in detail here, and he's got another article to link to there i guess that's another his opinion i guess but so again this died suddenly is a psyop to ridicule those who are against vaccinations something that should not even exist if we expose the core lie and it also ridicules the vaccine related side effects and deaths as the footage used are mostly out of context and fake i don't think it's fake it's probably just out of context and poorly chosen but anyway uh this is also why the documentary starts with a lot of clips from totally unrelated conspiracy theories like the moon landing 9-11 epstein the fake war in ukraine and the use of green screens and cgi and so on to set the tone and to make the casual watcher turn away thinking that it is all just stupid conspiracies also known as the discrediting effect by association and that is the purpose of controlled opposition. At first glance, it looks as if, as if they are on our side, fighting for good, while in reality, all they do is undermining it and causing more damage for, for us who try to expose the lies and deceit. And that was, uh, that's where he's left it there. So you know, like I, there's a lot in there I actually would tend to agree with um, that kind of opinion. That's, I heard a lot of people sort of mention that with that other documentary as well, but um that's that stupidest did that you also said you saw but again i didn't watch it so i couldn't i can't comment on it in that regard um but i'm thinking maybe when you finish watching the documentary ando maybe have that perspective just in mind as well when you're watching it and if you're seeing the same thing then you could be like ah oh, look you know maybe he's under something here and it's not going to serve the purpose it may have well that we think it's supposed to serve but in fact is quite indeed the uh the psyop and it's going to serve those who uh, tend to undermine this uh this narrative um because i mean i mean I, i'm in the same boat as as this as the guy who wrote this which is that yeah there isn't any viruses they haven't been proven to exist all of the 211 you know uh governments that have been or government agencies that have been asked to provide that evidence have not yet provided the evidence that it exists um you know which is a proof in the pudding there in my point of view um you know i just thought that was pretty interesting as well i mean it's the same with see i also tend to agree andy that um with people who are theorizing that and we love a good theory that uh carrie mullis the uh the inventor the nobel laureate recipient the nobel prize winning recipient um carrie mullis of the pcr test right um you know he obviously didn't make that to test for viruses he he made it the that um pcr for um for other reasons polymerase chain reaction 
uh, is what it is. And um, I think that he was taken out because remember he died in like August uh, 2019, I think it was like three. What's that? Three months before the the first inkling of um, of a coronavirus outbreak in China. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and we started to see a few crazy things coming out of China, saying that there's a new virus and stuff. So I think that you know this is the if you're going to take out someone. That's the guy you'd want to take out. You'd have to get rid of him because he is the one that can absolutely not you know, discredit the use of his prize winning, his invention. He can discredit them for saying, oh, look, we're using this to find this virus. He can be there going, well, that's incorrect. I invented this thing. You're not using it right. You're doing it wrong or whatever. You know, And he can blow the whole thing apart and it would never have taken off. This whole thing would have been dead in the water if Carrie Mullis was alive to this day. That's what I reckon. I've had a lot of thinking about that because they couldn't, they couldn't have gone with it. They, they, it would not have, if you had this guy, you know what I mean? Even if, even if he, if, if the mainstream media wouldn't touch him, even if they would not interview him at all, he still would have made the rounds on all the alter, alternative media sources. It would have been global worldwide. He would have been making documentary minis himself. You know what I mean? He hated Fauci too. So he was, he was an ab, 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 vehemently opposed to Anthony Fauci. Hated him for the AIDS stuff way back in the day too. Um, so they, and, and of course Fauci was the one saying, "Yeah, we're using PCR for all this sort of stuff," and you know, promoting the fact that PCR can detect COVID and you know whatever. And Carrie Mullis, he could have been the um, the silver bullet for the whole thing. And the, this coronavirus fakery would never have taken off. That's what I reckon, mate. Because yeah. you imagine, you think about it, if he was if he was alive to this day, he would be vehemently opposed to everything that was happening. Going, it's not there. We haven't detected it. They're detecting something. Else. You know what I mean? Like he, it would never have been able to go anywhere. This whole thing it would it would it would, they, it would have been blown apart immediately. The faker would not have would not have been able to continue. Get rid of him. The world's your oyster. You can use that test. Do whatever you want with it because no one else is going to be there to say, well, it does not. That's not how you're supposed to use it. Blah blah blah. You know what I mean? Like. There may be some old videos of it and stuff like that, but that's not going to win people over. You need this guy on every major TV channel going, I invented the goddamn thing. It hasn't detected jack shit. So they're not dying of a, of a new virus. You know what I mean? He would have been up there just blowing it apart big time. That's what I reckon. Can I just throw this at you too? So also there was the um, talk about, the, um, you know, like gene, uh, gene mapping for all of the people that had like those swab tests and things. Mm-hmm. So the, the, is is that actually like something that would be really really important for globalists to like like gene map the you know the entire world? Oh, I think so. Yes, and I think they've used that. You know, the the uh, they've come up with this ability to apparently map the human genome. Right? I reckon they've done it. They've unlocked it all. They've got all of it. If and from what I've heard is that they've used a lot of fill in the blanks kind of sequencing and computer algorithms to kind of fill in things to say, oh look, yeah, here we go. We've we've detected this weird virus and here's its genetic makeup. Like it's they still haven't actually isolated it. And what they've actually got the genetic makeup of, I have no idea because I don't know enough about that to be honest. But I think that uh, from what I hear, they've used a lot of computer stuff to to do like a, literally a fill in the blanks kind of thing. You're going, oh, we'll put this here, we'll put that there, we'll put these genes here and there. Oh, look, there it is. There's the virus. 
You know what I mean? They haven't actually got jack shit because they haven't like again. You can't you can't gene sequence something that you haven't isolated. Like you know what I mean? Like <laughs> how are you supposed to? How are you it's, supposed to genetically well, sequence something that you haven't even isolated to begin with? Yeah, <laughs> that's what they're saying. They're using computer programs and all this sort of shit to do the yeah the bullshit lying basically, and then they can go, oh no, look, it's all sophisticated. Oh, you know, we've got the computer programs. Oh, we've got all the genes mapped out. Blah blah blah. You know, and everyone just buys it. Oh, okay, they know what they're doing. We'll trust these guys. You know, they're the they're the lab technicians. They're the scientists in the white lab coats. The you know. Got to bow to them. Yeah, that's what that's, I reckon. Anyway. It's just the, that's just the marketing. Well, big time. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Um, but, yeah, look, is is the actual um, – I guess what I'm trying to – it's, it's like a – it's like a modern fingerprint system, right, for whatever for whatever is going to go on for the future. So is that is that the absolute – like, is that one of the top things that they want? Do they want the whole like world mapped in their in their in their gene? You mean like every individual human being on the planet? Yeah, is that something like, that's like super important for this for for you know these globalists? I, I reckon it is, and I've been pondering this for a while now, trying to work out you know the 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 why of it really. I mean, it would. Put it, put it this way, right? If you were the the if you had a zoo, if you ran a zoo and you've got you know a whole bunch of different you know like one of these, um, well, I guess like say like Taronga Zoo for example or whatever you know you wanted to catalog everything that's in your zoo and stuff you know you're going to learn and get as much information on every single species, every little thing that's going on in your zoo there you know you're going to take blood samples you're going to get the DNA from everything, you're going to get, you know, all this sort of shit. You're going to get as much of everything as you can, you know, because you're going to be, they catalogue all this stuff, you know. The information to them is key, and they've got every little skerrick of information on every little living thing in that zoo, you know yeah. what I mean? So they want to try and increase breeding or, or you know, watch, watch how they breed, and maybe they can try and get them to do it better or, you know, use different mates from around different zoos and around the world or whatever to create a uh, a better version of that animal and see if they can get it to thrive or, or see what happens in, you know, like what they do with pandas and stuff, you know. Um, you know, it's, I kind of then liken that to, well, maybe the people that are running this fucking joint thinking, well, this is just a big giant zoo. Earth is just a big zoo and they need to try and catalogue every little living thing that they've got in their zoo, which is us, of course. You know what I mean? Um and it reminds me, it actually reminds me of an X-Files episode. And you probably remember when I lent you the, you, you and Billy were watching them, and you, I lent you the, the DVDs, right? Yeah. And it was in one of the earlier seasons, it might have been the end of even season one, when they go into, um, I think it was like hills, the, the mining areas of West Virginia one night, Mulder and Scully, and they get access to like this, like a labyrinth vault kind of system. It's like this big... It looked like an old mine, like an old coal mine, but with like this these doors that like were modern bank vault looking doors with electronic locks on them. They get in there and it's just row after row after row of like catalogs, you know, like filing cabinet catalogs. Old school the, file cards. Correct. And everything and every whenever they you know, they were looking for their own names and stuff, and they go in there and they find samples of their of themselves, blood samples from when they were born and you know, all this sort of stuff. And I was like, you know what I mean? Like 
what makes you wonder why why do they want to take blood sample from every single individual when they're born these days you know what i mean because that shit gets catalogued you know what i mean they've got your name they know who you are they know who your parents are they've got your blood sample they've got your dna sample and that shit unless you request it to be given back to you or destroyed or whatever or not done in the first place they now own that that sample you know it belongs to them so that we're already catalogued from birth so it makes me wonder if this is just another example like fair enough you know when you when you see um nate like um, naturists and and people like steve Irwin and shit back in the day you know they were like like tagging animals you know they go and catch a fucking crocodile and they will tag it right or put an electronic tag in it and then two years later they go back to the same river system to see if it's there and they oh yeah they catch him they find him oh yeah they update the information they reweigh him they you know take another blood sample they do this and then they put a new tag in it or whatever you know what i mean like that to me is sort of like what they're doing with these mass vaccination type campaigns they're like well we need new samples we need new information on every single person you know what i mean like and that's just adding to that catalog that they've got does that make sense does that make sense this is where my mind goes while i'm fucking working all day this is this is the sort of shit that i think of you know that's we to do, me that's we, it sounds like that's what they're doing we do know that these people are obsessed with control okay. and someone who is is obsessed with control will do that sort of stuff mm. you know yeah. so eh? so yeah it, it is interesting and you can't think of the mind of a like a normal person when it comes to this sort of stuff because a normal person wouldn't be thinking like that mm but um yeah but I, they they do that's what i mean like you got to try and you can't think like we normally do you've got to try and put yourself in their shoes and go well if if i'm the one running the show how am i going to you know test and tag all of my <laughs> all of my zoo animal. animals you know <laughs> exactly uh, yeah. um, so yeah interesting, it's, interesting getting back to your point with uh, you know the pcr test inventor there yeah look mm, it's yeah it was very very um you know, I mean, what a coincidence! He just happened to die before it all happened. Yeah, and he, exactly. he he didn't have a fucking history of illness or sickness. He died, you know, he didn't die too old. He was in his like early sixties, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, very sus, man. Very fucking sus. And to me, like I said, he's the one you want to take out to make sure that this thing snowballs and gets out of control because that's what you got to do. You got to get rid of anyone who can discredit it, and he would have been able to discredit it. Because he had, he had the credentials. He was the fucking inventor of it. He could have discredited it right from the beginning. It would never have taken off. He could have been the one going, no, 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 no. This, this is bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, but without him there, fucking yeah. health leather. They've just gone roll with it. Yeah, that's all right. Anyway, he's one of the one of the key players in this catalyst. You know what I mean? Like, if, if I just always think about it. You know, what if this person did this? What if this person did that? And I thought, this was one day of thinking, what if? What if Carrie, because I, I had had a video saved on my phone ages ago from when he was talking about PCR tests and the AIDS virus stuff. And uh, it was a really interesting video because he ended up talking back then about how he hated Fauci and stuff. And and then I was thinking to myself, man, he died right in the August before this all fucking started. I'm, I reckon I'm thinking, I reckon he was taken out. I mean, we know that the tests, the tests for COVID-19 were patented and um had their uh, approval and all sort of shit back in 2015 there's all the documents there to prove it it was all done in 2015 yeah um 
So we know that they've been playing this shit for a long time. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I think he was just a key person they had to get rid of. Probably There's probably others that I don't even know of, and we haven't even come across who would have, or, you know, scientists or whatever who, who couldn't be bought out or, you know, who, who would have just said, no, they haven't, they haven't done it, they haven't got it, you know. Um, or maybe they're already, they've already discredited them. And that's probably why they, you know, they let people like Stefan Lunker and a few of these other people just carry on because they know the mainstream media won't, won't listen to them, won't touch them. Only us listen to them and, and, and watch their videos and read what they're putting out there. Um, but I think Carrie Mullis, maybe he, um, I think, yeah, like I said, they would have tried to just not listen to him, but he would have just blown it apart because it, he was the actual inventor. It's not like he would have been like, you know, I know how this works, like many other thousands of scientists around the world who already know how the PCR works and who do PCRs on a regular basis. Um, but when you've got the actual inventor of it, then, yeah, he was the only one standing in the way, I reckon. All right, well, let's let's move on because that kind of – that whole DNA discussion and, and that kind of uh, track and tracing of people kind of leads us into the, the next thing we're going to talk about, and that is um, – Actually, I might read that post out first, Ando, because we'll get and we'll get to the um, director ID just after that. So, Stephen Andrew MP from Marani put up a post just recently um, on Facebook, and I'll just read this out for the listeners. There, it's not too long, but it's very poignant, and um, he's he's very well spoken what he's got to say because this shit's coming up. So, Brisbane's smart city makeover for the 2032 Olympics. Now, if everyone uh, remembers what smart stands for out there andy do you remember what smart stands for when they talk about smart in technology point of view it's an acronym do you know what it actually stands for uh no no go I'll for drop it. it on you here we go it stands for self-monitoring analysis reporting technology <laughs> all right that's what it stands for that's what the smart in your smart tv and smart this and smart that that's what it stands for self-monitoring analysis reporting technology so it's able to monitor itself and report back, and of course it's technology, and it does it by itself. That's what it stands for. So keep that in mind when you're thinking about smart this, smart that, smart city, everything like that. So here we go. Brisbane's smart city makeover for the 2032 Olympics. The Smart Cities Council, SSC, is one of the world's largest and most influential global smart cities organizations with offices all over the world. Here in Australia, it has been it has chosen Brisbane as its operational headquarters, and for good reason. Last year, it released a blueprint called the Connected Games Playbook, saying it was partnering with the Queensland government and big tech to catalyze investment in technology and data in a way that accelerates the highest level of sustainability and prosperity for the people of Brisbane, southeast Queensland and beyond to lay smart foundation for Queensland's collective future in digital in the digital economy. Oh, it's so Orwellian and communistic in, in terminology, isn't it? The collective, you know what I mean? Um, the SSC, the, uh, what did I say it was, the Smart Seas Council, says digital and data infrastructure must be embedded into every single aspect of the games to achieve maximum legacy impact. Major infrastructure programs together with the rollout of the 5G-enabled Internet of Things, AI, and digital twin marketplace will see that states' data collection technologies advance at eye-watering pace. This is what they've actually said in this writing. This isn't Stephen saying this. This is them saying this. As Yahoo News put it on Monday... 
think sensor-triggered streetlights, automated air conditioning, and watering of parks and green facades. Envision robots for cleaning and construction, sat maps, swipe cards, and QR codes. Data technology will, will be embedded in 32 existing and planned Olympic venues, the future athletes village at North Shore Hamilton, near Breakfast Creek, and the international media centers. Under the cover of the 2032 Olympics, the government will, this is Stephen saying this now, the government will be transforming our state into one filled with data gathering, full spectrum surveillance, digital wallets, drone policing, wearable sensors, and biometric tracking, all framed as tools for sustainability and keeping you safe. A future that bears all the hallmarks of an open air prison. It may go by the name of safe cities, living cities, sustainable cities, resilient cities, and build back better. But at its heart, it is profoundly anti-human, it is a profoundly anti-human scheme. One where eventually tokenized credit and digital ID will be needed to go to work. We'll talk about that in a minute, Andy. Uh, school, the shops, to access public buildings, services, and events. A predatory what works data-driven system rebranded as circular economies and stakeholder capitalism. Each life measured according to its perceived burden on society. There's a little bit about there what we were talking about just before, about uh, testing and tagging and all that sort of shit. Uh, who decided all this? The same billionaire oligarchs who want us to play along with their little charade that this is saving the planet. Who want us to overlook the insane energy requirements needed to build and run this augmented reality Internet of Things smart city delusion they are building. To close our eyes to the child labor, turbocharged minerals extraction, toxic waste, land grabs and enormous data centers cooled 24-7 by vast amounts of our precious water. I know that many Queenslanders have been propagandized into cheering on this transnational global capital plan for our final green solution, but not me. I think that is so very well said, and he fucking nails every fucking point there as well. And that, that leads me into that next thing that we, you, I was going to get you to talk about as well, Andy, because uh, a lot of people have been posting on social media and and things in, in our groups, and in particular, even uh, one of my um, uh, supporters, uh, Ciro, he, uh, he's actually been uh, messaging me saying, man, I'm going to have to get this bloody director ID. Do you know about this? I'm like, I heard something a little bit about it a while ago, um, but I didn't really know enough about it. And then he's like, yeah, well, basically, if you're a director of a, of a company, you have to get a digital ID. And this is full on. This is like serious stuff. And I was like, well, I didn't really know a lot about this. I'm like, they can't, surely they can't make you do it. But apparently they can. Tell us a bit more about this, Andy, because you've actually had to do the process because you are a director of company. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like my thoughts were along the same lines as what you were thinking. And I and I even said to my accountant, like, oh, gosh, you know, like just – just say, oh, William, it's such bullshit. Like, I just, I, I don't want to do it. And this this has actually been going on for, like, over six months anyway. It's been coming mm. down the pipeline for a while, and I've been putting it off and putting it off. 
anyway, the secretary of the accounting firm that I used rang me up and said, oh, look, we really need you to, you know, they've given us till the end of December, so you just need to, like, you know, get this done. Um, so, you know, it puts, puts, puts people into a, like a, you know, pushes us into a corner. Um, and because without the company ID, you can't interact with the tax office or, you know, anything like that, uh, any government institution. So, so anyway, I went through it. I relented and went through it. So you've got to download an app and then, um, run through the processes of matching your passport and driver's license to build up a, you know, a, a matching ID. So it, it, it and then, and then uh, a really strange um, facial recognition um, thing happens with that app. It's obviously your face in front of your phone and it, and it does this biometric scan but it's not like it's not like the facial scan you get when when you're doing a um you know when you're setting up your your face ID on your phone it's not like that at all it, mm. the screen all flashes different colors and and it goes gray it goes color it goes it, it's very strange and then mm. it, it just it says yes we're done and then you go through and a bit more of a process and then you get about a 15 15 digit uh, number that's presented to you and then uh, that's it but you know uh, but like i was saying to you off, off the air i don't know it's, it's a it's a tough situation i mean i look as far as anyone who's got a driver's license and or a passport i mean the government have got my photo in their databases now i, I really am perplexed why they need an additional photo of my face in this system as well so mm, and i i said that to um uh to my little conversation i had with sarah i was like why why do they need this you know like i'm like they yeah like, sh- surely they have all this already but i'm like i can't actually understand the the need for it to begin with and I, his response was you know they, they they're saying the government's reason for doing this is to stop people going bankrupt and then reopening like their business or something because you know they've got they know who you are and they've got your id and they'll go oh well, you declared bankruptcy you can't reopen your business you know like um but surely they'll find a fucking way around that anyway if people are going to do that sort of shit they'll find a way around it um but well, anyway all, so yeah sorry i'm oh, sorry that's a that's a common that is a common problem but most of the time people get around with that by Usually they get the wife as a you know as a senior director or something on the second time around or whatever, you know. mm, mm. <clears throat> or one of the kids or something. So that's generally how it would happen. So what's their plan for getting around that? Mm. Yeah, yeah <laughs> <You> exactly. <know? laughs> and then uh, the guy who actually did go bankrupt uh, um, becomes you know the general manager of just an employee, but re- really he's actually the owner. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and he, he sent me some in, images here from um, some websites, and it says, uh, "It says well, actually, well, I'll, I'm just doing the audio." Uh, it says, "What are what are director ID offences and penalties? The Australian Business Registry, whatever or ABRS, will provide support and guidance to directors to assist them to understand and meet their director ID obligation. 
ASIC's enforcement role covers four new director ID offences under the Corporations Act 2001. Um, the offence failure to have a director ID when required to do so is a 13,200, this is the maximum penalty, $13,200 criminal or 1.1 million civil. Uh, failure to apply for a director ID when directed by the registrar, 13,200 and 1.1 million civil. Um, so, but it, I do find that interesting though, right? It says failure to apply for a director ID when directed by the registrar. So if you're not directed by the registrar to do it, do you actually then have to do it? Because it's similar to the census. Now, we did a lot of homework on that. You don't have to fill out a fucking census unless you are written in writing and it's addressed to you by the, by the head statistician to complete a census. You don't have to do it. It's voluntary unless requested by the statistician to do it. So this, that to me, in writing there, says failure to apply for a director ID uh, when directed by the registrar to do it. That's when you get the fine. Failure to have a director ID when required to do so. Well, who's actually requiring you to do it, though, Andy? I guess the, you said it was the government itself, though, wasn't it? Well, I, well, yeah, it's like obviously our interaction with the tax office, for example, uh, is through the accountant. And it's actually my accountant that, that pressured me to do it. Because I think when they're emailing or filling out their online forms, part of the, you know, the spaces would be the director's ID number, which is a 15-digit number or thereabouts. So the actual forms for submitting documents to the ATO in respect to company um, tax requirements would would need the um, director's ID to be inputted by the accountant. Mm. So for like a GST returns, for example, the quarterly quarterly um, GST activity returns will mm -hmm. uh, next year will will need a, like a company ID attached to the actual returns as well. I think. I'll find out more. Yeah. Well, I've got a little thing here. This is um, – he screenshotted this to me as well. So this is from the Treasury Laws Amendment, Registries, Modernization and Other Measures Bill 2020. This is where it all comes from. They amended the act or the bill, and this is where it says 1272C, because um, obviously when I was talking about those penalties, legislative section – S1272C and 1272D, that's where it comes from. So he's got that here, 1272C, or he's got that part of it anyway, uh, requirement to have a director identification number. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, and it's got, it's all the fucking legal mumbo jumbo and that stuff, which is so hard to actually read because it's done in legalese. Um, yeah, so it, when I read that, it kind of makes it look like then you've got to have it, but yeah, it's just, I mean, they make it so fucking convoluted and confusing. I mean, on the grand scheme of things, you probably fucking don't have to, and you could get around it if you wanted to, but, I mean, they're going to make you jump through so many fucking hoops and make it so difficult for you to do it. But what the big concern is, and in my point of view, is, you know, this is, they're rolling out this, this digital ID system that you've got to have for directors of companies. 
where does it end? You know, when are they going to say, well, now we need a direct a digital ID for anyone with a driver's license or anyone with a passport or anyone with – I mean, like you said, surely they've got that fucking information anyway. Every license since uh, – when was it? Early 2000s or whatever it is when they switched over to that um, – lam- the non-laminated, the, you know, that credit card style one, you know, they started all the digital. You're not allowed to smile. You've got to just stand there plain-faced, you know, and like – let the let the camera scan your face and all that sort of shit. You know, it's all very high tech. Um, so they've got all that. They've like you said, they've got all that shit anyway. Why do they need this new one when they've already got that stuff? It sounds to me like they're just trying to get you signed up to a new thing, so that you you're then making contract with them and you're then fucking bound legally under that sort of you know under that law the contract law. You know, well you've now signed up to it. You've agreed to do this. So now we've got you. You got to keep doing it. You've got to play by the book, by the book that you've signed up to. That's actually a good point. You know what I mean? Yeah. In actual fact, I'd like to make the point too about my facial recognition in the government database already, because when I go through an airport or anyone, you walk to it, you stand in front of a screen, and it data maps your face. And I can't. And the the data map in the computer system at the airport matches my passport number. That's right? crazy, eh? So they they fucking got you. <laughs> I'm already in the system. That's it. You're already in it. Yeah. And and of course, when you're going through, especially now, every a lot of people are flying away. You know, like if airports at the moment are flat out. So me and 30 people across to my left and 30 people across to my right are all walking through these things and we're all data mapped, every single one of us. So, mm. Yeah, I, you know, like just the kind of world we live in at the moment. Hey, it's just, yeah. um, it's just you either want to be part of it or not of it and, you know, that's the great conundrum, isn't it, whether to, yeah. you well, know, just- I'll just put a link link to it in the chat there, Andy. This is from the abrs.gov.au website. Director identification number, who needs to apply and when. So it's got all there, but it says there you will will only ever need one director ID. You don't have to apply for another one if you become a director of, of other companies or corporations. Then it says you must apply for your own director ID to verify your identity. Well, yeah. But don't don't we have other methods of doing that? Like you know, you you rock up and you've got to yeah, you've got to submit your driver's license or a passport or your Medicare or you know, like four or five different forms of ID, you know, to say, well, that's me. You know what I mean? Like so, yeah. Uh, I know. I know. I, look, I, I can get the I get the angle right that this is the selling point of this being able to prevent fraud and all that sort of stuff, right? Like, I get that. That's probably a big fucking issue. No one wants to get tied up with with fuckers that are doing dodgy shit. Um, but it just seems like overkill to me. This is this is definitely. I just think it's overkill for sure. We've been going we've been going along for how many years? You know, since Australia was Australia and corporations and businesses started coming and people were directors of companies here for that long. You know, why now? Why are they doing this push for this digital ID now? You know what I mean? Well, to me, it just sounds like it's part of the the rolling plan that we're starting to see right now. Because this is uh, an article out of News Punch, um, November 19. Jacinda Ardern partners with Bill Gates to roll out digital IDs. 
Yeah. The country, yeah, so uh, it says the country's managed isolation and quarantine, the MIQ government program that during the pandemic operated by keeping records manually is now switching to JNCTN produced software tools that will serve as digital ID verification for the MIQ staff, which is the managed isolation quarantine staff. Reclaimthenet.org reports going forward, the quarantine program employees will have their certification, clearances, training, etc. tracked in this way, appropriate to the environment that they're in. The importance of the move to digital to a digital ID wallet is particularly pronounced since the MIQ was one of the key components in New Zealand's rigid and often radical manner of dealing with COVID. Not only that, but the approach to the problem reflected in a massive operation. During the pandemic that involved more than 14,000 people and 650 organisations in running the MIQ facilities. Uh, the government agency behind the MIQ, the Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment, was in charge of making sure that MIQ border workers complied at all times. And now, once again, convenience is being mentioned as a key reason to switch to digital IDs. We talk about that a lot on the show, how it's just made convenient. That's the selling point. Reportedly, those workers uh, had to go through a manual routine of proving their ID and health status, which is said to have been repetitive and time-consuming. Enter the digital wallet. It depends on Microsoft's Azure cloud service uh, and is provided by the JNCTN, which says it has a leading SAAS platform, allowing for real-time credential issuance and management. This is just all the software jargon behind it all. Uh, the contactless tool it provides is said to have been tested by the MIQ security and is already significantly reducing the time needed to comply with entry and exit rules for workers in those facilities. Uh, money saving is cited as one of the benefits of all of this, but only as, uh, as a prediction. Uh, the deployment of the JNCTN is supposed to save New Zealand government $6 million a year by cutting down time on, and resources. The MIQ deal is just an addiction to the JNCTN wallets government clients portfolio, which could soon include job seekers. Now, isn't it interesting how they were talking about how it could include job seekers as well? Because we've already learned here in, in Australia, Centrelink or what's it, Services Australia, they call themselves now, um, have themselves that little, um, what is it, the points system that you've got to do you've got to jump through all these hoops if you want to get the job seeker payments you know what i mean you've got to earn the points in their little um you know virtual fucking game <laughs> sort of thing basically even if you don't earn the points you don't get the money so you've got to apply for jobs and do this do that do for training whatever it is and then you get your little points and then you can earn your, your job seeker payments and that's probably all that's all connected to your services australia my gov id um, which is probably all then tied into a, the digital ID system as well. So, yeah, um, that's basically, I mean, the, the the whole partnership there with Bill Gates really is just part of his, one of his Microsoft software things. So it's not necessarily Bill Gates himself. I think they've just done that for the, um, <laughs> for the clickbait of it. But, of course, Bill Gates is still tied into Microsoft as well, being his previous, you know, company and stuff. But still... Uh, yeah, it's interesting that New Zealand is now doing a bit of digital ID stuff here as well. We're still pushing on with this, and now we've got the digital ID for directors. Where does it stop, Ando? I mean, like we said, we talked about what Stephen um, 
Andrew was saying, the MP for Moroni, um, the, the big push for the 2032 Olympics coming up here in Brisbane, that is going to be a massive digital nightmare, I reckon. All the digital ID stuff will all be in place for that day. And what was, um, do you remember, Andy, coming out of the most recent meeting they had in um, in Bali for, was it the COP20 or whatever it is? I can't fucking remember now, but there's so many fucking meetings. Um I think I put it up in our little – I did. Let me find it. I put it up in our little um, podcast chat on Messenger. So I'll just quickly find it, and I'll tell you what it was about. Here we go. Uh, G, the G20 Bali Leaders Declaration. All right? This is out of the, from the White House. And it was point number 23. All right? I'll just read this. So this was the official goals that they'd set out from the meeting on the between the 15th and the 16th of November this year. There's you know, a whole bunch of goals. Shit, what number did I say? 23. Here we go. Um, just going to scroll down. There's fucking goal after goal. Uh, here we go. 23. We recognize the need for strengthening local and regional health product manufacturing capacities and cooperation, as well as sustainable global and regional research and development networks to facilitate better access to VTDs globally. The... Uh, especially in developing countries, and underscore the importance of public-private partnership and technology transfer and knowledge sharing and on voluntary and mutually agreed terms, blah, blah, blah. We support the World Health Organization's mRNA vaccine technology transfer hub, as well as the spokes in all regions of the world with, uh, with the objective of sharing technology and technical know-how on voluntary and mutually agreed terms. Uh, we welcome joint research and joint production of vaccines, including enhanced cooperation among developing countries. We acknowledge the importance of shared technical standards and verification methods under the framework, blah, 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 to facilitate seamless international travel, interoperability, and recognizing digital solutions and non-digital solutions, including proof of vaccinations. We support continued international dialogue and collaboration on the establishment of trusted global digital health networks as part of the efforts to strengthen prevention and response to future pandemics that should capitalize and build on the success of the existing standards and digital COVID-19 certificates. So this isn't going away. They're basically saying in that goal there that they're planning to do digital vaccination certificates, you know, digital IDs, vaccine IDs, all that sort of stuff for the coming pandemics and stuff. So that's all going to be tied into it. That's what I'm saying when they come with, when Brisbane Olympics uh, is here in 2032, all that shit will be locked in. That'll be done. Agenda 2030 will be completely rolled in, and that's where we're heading. It's all that smart self-monitoring analysis, reporting technology, Andy, and all tied into the digital IDs, which will probably all be made to get in some form or another. And you, my friend, well, <laughs> are the first cat out of the bag. <laughs> Thanks, man. I mean, <laughs> I, I just think it's just more of you know, we're talking about like the DNA collection or the gene gene mapping, you know, technology and stuff. It's an obsession with control, right? In all forms. Like just just everything if they want control on your life, they want control of everything, they want you control of your body and and whatever you do, every movement, they want control of your tracking. Complete, your movement, yep. your, complete control. Your, your um, you know what money you spend, how you do it, how you live your life. They want everything. 
So it's just it's all very much tied in together, in my opinion. Yeah. 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 Agreed, mate. That's what it's all about, mate. The track and trace agenda. Yeah. Um, yeah, like we're we're in the big zoo, mate. This is just a big zoo, and we're just the fucking poor animals that are roaming around in it, trying to. We're like the we're like the but you and I, mate. You and me and then Ethan and all of us listening to this show. We're like the we're like the raptors in Jurassic Park, mate. We're testing defenses. We're <laughs> we're trying to get out of this fucking joint. We're trying to not be in this fucking zoo. We're trying. We're testing those boundaries, mate. We're pushing against and we're trying to find the weak spots. You know what I mean? I don't think it's it's going to be to it's going to get to the point where we I don't think we're going to be able to ghost the system as well as we are at the moment. You know what I mean? Like you can you can skirt around it for a while, but they do. Like you said, they want complete control. That's part of it. You know what I mean? They they at the moment it's it's kind of like a free range zoo. You know what I mean? They haven't got total control all over over all of us. You know they're nearly there. <laughs> they're nearly fucking there. Um, yeah, close. Yeah, um, yeah. That's kind of the way I see it. I mean, I'm not saying that you know we're we're just animals in a in a zoo kind of thing, like in that in that kind of sense. But in, metaphorically speaking, that's kind of what it is, and that's sort of the these are the things I ponder during the day you know, when I'm sitting there working by myself and stuff. I'm like, yeah, this is this is kind of how they see us, you know. They do yeah. definitely see it like that, and from you know with with modern computers like supercomputer systems and stuff, you can do this on a global scale. And that's that's the wet dream of these people, mm. you know, yeah. to, to add the press of a button, control millions of people. Yeah. And look, not that we can trust everything that's coming out of China at the moment, but have you seen some of the um, the the videos of there lately? The um, the people are actually starting to rise up a bit. They're pushing back. They don't like that. They're all still going through very very harsh fucking COVID nonsense measures over there. Like it hasn't actually gone away at all. You know, they kind of relaxed it a little bit uh, maybe a year ago, but now they've just clamped down once again and people have had enough, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're, they're sort of taking to the streets a bit. They're a little bit, a little bit of rioting going on. They're pushing, up, pushing back against the establishment. I mean, I'm sure the establishment will fucking clamp down very, very hard on these people. But, um, yeah, like I said, I'm not that like, like again, we, we can't trust everything that comes out of there. Maybe it's where they're showing us things that we want to see. I don't know, but... Um, it is interesting either way um, that that's the sort of stuff we're seeing now. And, you know, China of all places where everyone does what they're told, one of these nations, you know what I mean? You do what you're told. You don't push back against big government there or you are locked away. You're, you're just gone. You are taken and you are disappeared, um, you know, because we can't have people going against um, old Xi Jinping there. Um, oh, that's, yeah, that's Xi Jinping, yeah. yeah. Is, that the, is that the Chinese Xi Jinping? It is, isn't it? It starts with, yeah. it starts with an XI. Yeah, yeah, Xi Jinping, yeah. I can get him confused with the fucking Japanese one there for a second. I thought, shit, was I saying the Japanese one? <laughs> oh, no, Shin, that was the old one. I was thinking uh, Abe, Shin, Shinto Abe, whatever his name was. The one that got killed recently. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's full on. Yeah, it's interesting that the Chinese people are, yeah, they're pushing back a bit. I mean, it's good to see. Everyone needs to, to push back, but... Um, if any if anyone needs to overthrow their government and take back control for the people again, it's it's China. You know what I mean? They're the ones that need to do it the most because they're they're the um, the template. You know what I mean? Like that's the global the globalist um, wet dream over there. That's the template they're trying to push for everyone, isn't it? Well, yeah, they're the most compliant people on the planet, so mm. it's easier to do, run their test programs on them for sure. But I. 
Oh, I, sorry, don't know. I don't understand what the motivation with like with what's happening in China as the rest of the world has come out of and moved past COVID lockdowns. Why? Why? What the motivation for China is to pursue yeah. with, it, with people? I don't understand the 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 logic or the the business um, of it and, yeah. and what the actual motivation is. So it's to me that's a bit confusing why they're still doing that. Um, well, it makes you wonder why they were still doing these sorts of measures here. Like they put us on the fucking traffic light system, and we're on the you know we're on the amber now, level two. We're one level behind locking us down again too, just for the sake of fucking having that power over us. You know what I mean? Like, is it you know is it just a matter of exercising power to show that they can do it and they can control you whenever they want? It's that show of force, or um, or you know just to remind the people. That hey, you know, the government is in control here. We run your life. You're not free. You do what we fucking say. That's that's I, kind of, that's the kind of impression I get from it anyway. I can I can understand that in a Western society, but definitely in China, they've got those people properly stitched up anyway. Mm. But you're right though. It is odd. Why would they still do that now? Like. When, like when the rest of the world, I mean, they live in a bubble anyway. They're not really supposed to see what's going on in the rest of the world. But, yeah, the rest of the world, it's, COVID is almost, um, you know, that's last year's news. You know what I mean? Like it's not really a, that much of a thing anymore. Um, but, that's yeah, right. here in Australia, I mean, like you know, when, when Americans and people overseas in the UK hear about what they're doing here in Brisbane and stuff, like with in Queensland, I mean, with, the, you know, our fucking amber alert system for the fucking COVID nonsense and putting masks back on again. Like the rest of the world is laughing at us going, what are you doing? Like get past it already. Get over yourselves, you idiots. You know, like they think it's, we're a laughing stock. <laughs> you know, I agree. <laughs> I completely agree. Because <laughs> the fucking idiots out there are still wearing masks and stuff, you know, I mean, not as many as, as last time when they, when they told you you had to wear them and everyone got scared and wear them. But now it's just a, a recommendation. You're still seeing, you know, maybe, maybe 2% of the, people that you see in a day is wearing a mask idiots it's going to be very very interesting if the if we get back to the old days of mandating and everyone has to stay at home and can't. it's going to be very very interesting to see how the population reacts yeah surely they can't do it man like no one's i reckon there'll be way more people standing up going nah not having it this time not doing it you know what i mean like especially when the rest of us who were never doing it anyway continue to never do it um, and they'll say, yeah, I'm joining them. Where are you going to join that side? Because we're, they're not doing it. We're not doing it. Fuck them. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's why they went, you know, they've, it's all just recommendations now, you know, like, uh, cause they know they can't get away with it. And that's why they didn't bother. I think, um, rolling over those emergency, um, the, you know, the emer state of emergency act, um, saying that we're under a COVID emergency response sort of thing. Now they, they ended it in Queensland. That's finished now. They don't have those powers anymore. That's right. Um, you know, because I think they can't get away with it anymore. Uh, was it just in limited powers? Did they, I don't think they ended it completely. I think that I think there's still some options. No, I'm pretty sure this. I'm pretty sure the state of emergency. Well, was the state of emergency? I'm pretty sure has ended. That same one that they were rolling over every every 90 days since the, they declared the scandemic. That that was the one that they ended. Um, whether or not there was another one. Or you know, put in its place or something. Oh, I didn't hear about that. I just know that it was the state of emergency that ended, um, which is I think then why they started. You know, all these companies and things said, oh well, now you can come to work unvaccinated now, and 
you don't have to be vaccinated to be a teacher now and you know, all these government departments went, no, you don't have to have your vaccines to work for us now. It's okay, you know, because they, they can't make them do it because they don't have the powers in place anymore. You know, right. That's why they all started relaxing them, yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I'm always interested in the motivation of these people, what's 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 coming down the pipeline, how they how they think. Mm. Yeah, um, same. Yeah, which is which is which is not not how they think isn't something I want in my head for too long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck no. Oh no, you don't want to, eh? But sometimes you you've just got to put yourself in their shoes just to try and think like they do. But yeah, you got to quickly quickly return to normal. Otherwise, you go fucking crazy. I know, I know, crazy like them. You know, like a, like a spell, like a just spell just takes hold and you're under their fucking spell or some shit. You start thinking their way and, yeah. Anyway, yeah, all exactly. of a sudden you're sitting there walking out the door that in the morning, putting a mask on. You're like, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I wearing this thing? Yeah, <laughs> the spell has got me. That's never happened to me, mate. Me and my wife haven't got, haven't got, uh, never worn a mask and we never will. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so good, so good, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bugger uh, them. All right, well, we might wrap it up there, brother. Um, That's great. It is Sunday, 27th of November. We've been uh, ranting and raving on for a bit, but it was good to catch up with you again, Ando. And yeah, likewise. Get, uh, get the update with what's happening in Big Ando's world. What's that, anything new on the horizon, mate? What's um, actually what's coming up in your world? If we haven't, we uh, probably just need to very, very quickly just cover the um, Victorian election. Oh, Which, yeah, we didn't mention that. We were going to mention that. We fucking forgot all that. Um, yeah, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was, funnily enough, talking to the same bloke, Ciro, because he's from Melbourne and he's his whole family still lives down there. He's got his wife and kids up here. But um, they're all saying they want to go back to Melbourne because that's where all their family's from and stuff. And he's trying to convince them not to. He's trying to buy a place up here. Um, and I think, yeah, you're right. You've, he needs to work on it because you don't want to go back there. I was talking to him on the phone just before, the day before the elections. I'm like, oh, look. You know, it'll probably still get in, like it'll be rigged or whatnot, and and Andrews will probably still be the fucking you know the premier down there, and and look what happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, do these people not learn? What is going on? Has he not served his purpose yet? Like what what's what's in store for for Victoria now? Why would you want to go back there? Fuck. Exactly. Crazy oh, stuff. What a nightmare. I was talking to a lady who was actually operating on um, Andrews's. Um, uh, electorate in the uh, in the sub in in Musgrave there and mm-hmm. and they said that the actual vibe on the on the you know the polling station there was like really good that everyone was chanting you know sack Dan sack Dan it was like a good vibe of people walking in going yeah yeah we're not gonna you know we don't we're not gonna vote for him like you know. So, like, during the morning I was getting all of these sort of feedback from people and, and talking to them on the ground and stuff, and and they said, oh, we're feeling really good. This, you know, Andrews, is, there's no way no one here is voting for him at all. No, everyone, like, you know, they're all, all against him and everything. They all hate his guts. And then, of course, when the the actual primaries were, and he's got, like, over 50% of the primaries, which is, like, you know, a slam dunk. So, you know, it's understandable that all of these people are absolutely gutted, you know. Like, they just can't believe it. It's, yeah. it's you know, the word election fraud and, and it's being thrown around. And, like, uh, sure, surely we're going to see another mass exodus from Victoria. 
Like, now that they were like, no, oh, this guy's back in, that's it. That's the last draw. We're out of here. Surely. Yeah. Uh, I've That actual conversation is d- definitely getting around with people from Victoria. Definitely. This is this is the one that will – this is the straw that breaks their back, you know. Like, they, they there's a lot of really, really upset people this morning. Like, a lot of people are really, really taking it hard. Um and such a landslide win as well, too. Like, it wasn't as if this bloke yeah, just... Yeah, apparently. Got... Yeah, he didn't just just scrape it in. He... No. A landslide? Seriously? Like, fuck yeah. off. No way. There's some dodgy shit going on there for sure if that's the case. Yeah, yeah. If you get the chance, have a, you know, like, have a look at the results. But, um, yeah, no, it was an absolute slam dunk for the Andrews government. No, no worries at all. Majority government, easy. So, wow. Uh, wow. It just blows me away. Why? Why would they? Uh, why yeah. would you get him back? Like, seriously. Like, I mean, and then again, I, I you know, fucking Palachuk, you know, she's yeah. had her second run now too, hasn't she? Here in fucking Queensland, was, and she was. It was a slam dunk for her too. Exactly, yeah. Because these are, the, they're, you know, they're, they're the good little errand boys and girls, you know. They're doing what they're told, so they'll reward them with another victory. And when it's time for them to move on, they'll either do what they did with Berejiklian and, you know, some sort of, uh, um, you know, fraud or criminal activity will happen and then they'll get kicked out or they'll retire or they'll step down and then you won't hear from them again until they're, you know, fucking CEO of Optus or, you know, like, like oh, not CEO, yeah. you know what I mean? Like working for a big company or the fucking WF or... <laughs> yeah. Oh. Parachuted in some some cushy little role. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, oh, he'll, be, he'll end up being the bloody um, uh, ambassador for China or, <laughs> or something. He fucking loves his Chinese managers over there. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt at all. But um, uh-huh. anyway, that's the news from Victoria today. So, yeah, that's what's happening down there. Yeah, poor buggers. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I feel so sorry for those people, man. Like, they've gone through enough. They've gone through hell. Absolute hell. Yeah. Wouldn't it have been so nice to actually have the government, even though it is, you know, we understand what governments are and, and how it all works and that. But it would have just been nice to have the government replaced. You know, mm. and have have Andrews, you know, like out of that seat. Or, or yeah, yeah. It just would have been nice to to have that happen. It would have been a, a like just some sort of a relief for those people down there. Oh, exactly. It would have, it would have been a real momentum swift, like just in the just the vibe, the feeling that everyone in, down there would have had. They would have been like, oh, thank fuck, you know, like. You just it would have been such a like, such a tension release for them, you know what I mean? Not having to have this the, the threat of this guy at any minute, you know, using some of his powers that he gave himself, you know what I mean? He gave himself the fucking pandemic powers um, as well. Don't forget, you know, that was um, a couple of months ago where he um, said basically I can you know declare whatever I want whenever I want. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like he's just he's he's a, he's just gone rogue, like. The, Oh, yep. anyway, yeah. Yeah, but it would have been. Psychologically, I just, I, I would have, I'm just very, very sad for uh, Victorians that they still have to look at that bloke's face coming up on their screens, you know, for another four years. So. Mm. 
Here we go. So just just saw a post as well, just on what I was talking about with that China thing, how the people there are sort of rising up as well. But because, um, yeah, they're all protesting and all that sort of shit. And it says that Chinese government has changed all of the protesters' COVID QR codes to red, effectively locking them down so they can't do anything. They can't go anywhere. They can't buy anything. You know, they can't go to a shop. Uh, it says now you know that what thousands, what those thousands of camps that they were building were actually for. Maybe they're going to put all those protesters in those camps. Who knows? China doesn't like dissent, and uh, that's catching on in your country too. It says, interesting. Um, yeah, that's 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 the that's the big threat when it, this whole digital central bank, digital currency, digital ID, all this crap. If that's what comes in here in this country, that's the sort of shit that they can just do. They just turn you off. They just they'll, they'll pause your ability to do anything, and that's your punishment. Can't go and buy food, can't go and do anything, can't take public transport, can't do jack shit. Um, yeah. Troll. Mm. That's, that's it, man. That's what it's about. Yeah. But they want to remove cash. Yeah. Okay, I'll plug you with the press of a button. That's it. And do you remember, like, um, I remember seeing uh, Aaron Russo, right? He was a filmmaker and uh, director and producer and all sorts of stuff. He was actually... Uh, if you ever watched um, Dan Aykroyd and uh, Eddie Murphy in Trading Places, that was actually one of his films, uh, Aaron Russo. Um, he was he had a, a dinner one night. He was actually friends with um, Nicholas Rockefeller, right, one of the Rockefellers. And he's in it. You can actually watch the videos of um, Aaron Russo talking to um, – yeah, he's being interviewed about this as well. And he's like, yeah, this is this is what these, these, these globalists – people want they want to have your money on a chip they want to have you everyone chipped you know he he was under the impression this was back in the, like the early 90s or something or what late 90s maybe that you know the chips were going to be implanted in every person but now it's just on your phone you know you carry the chip in your pocket um but he was saying that you know they're going to have everyone chipped or your money is going to be on the chip and if they if you do something wrong well they just turn off your chip and you can't do anything you know what i mean like he was warning about this decades ago and here we are. It's the same shit. It's what they're doing. Yeah. So, you know, they get, that wet dream is coming to fruition, you know. That's it, man. But, um, mm. yeah, well, you know, like people just need to make a choice about, you know, what they want to what they want to listen to, how they want to live their life. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, mate, all right, well, we're going to leave it there, brother. That's um, – that, that, that'll be about all we'll have to cover for this episode. Number two, season five, General and Ando throwing down for this one. Hope everyone's enjoyed the show. And uh, one thing I did want to mention as well, um, I did see a review recently. Someone uh, I do love when people actually do the old Apple iTunes reviews and stuff or wherever you're listening to the podcast, please do give us uh, a review. Let me just bring it up now and because I'll tell you what I've done. I have acted on this person's suggestion as well. So, um, here we go. All right, give me one second. I'm just going to type it in here. Here we go. Um, where's the re- Where the fuck is my reviews? Oh, there they are. Okay. So this is on 28th of September, so about two months ago this year, uh, by BTD314. It says, music to my ears, music to my Aussie ears, sorry, five stars, thanks, brother. 
Uh, he goes, uh, grateful to have found you guys. Really enjoying catching up on episodes. Just wish there was an alternative to Patreon for the subscribers. They kicked Whitney Webb and um, The Last American Vagabond, so I boycotted them. I'd like access to the extra content, but not via that route. Please find another platform and I'll support you. No, Wackers. Rockfin, perhaps? And I went, well, I had a look at Rockfin and uh, I was like, nah, I'm not going to do that one. So what I've done, though, I haven't, haven't completely finished doing it, but I've started it. Um, you can actually go to um, another uh, – it's, it's like Patreon, same sort of concept. Um, however, this one is called – if I can bring up your link here. It's called buymeacoffee.com. So people can actually go to buymeacoffee.com uh, forward slash General Maddox, and that will take you to basically a different type of support page. You can click on support, click on buy me a coffee, and – put the details there and it's like a membership thing. They can have a one-off sort of um, donation if you want to just buy someone a coffee or you can actually join the little um, same sort of donation tiers as the Patreon and um, same sort of things everyone will get for that one as well. Um, I haven't actually started putting the content on there yet because I've only just only just sort of signed up to it like a day or two ago so um, and finished sort of just setting it up. Um, so I'm going to start uploading the content to not only Patreon, but I'll also put it on buymeacoffee.com as well for anyone out there who um, doesn't want to do the Patreon thing. And I get why. There are a lot of people out there who do get turned off when they say no to when they, they shut down certain uh, people, like you said, Whitney Webb and Last American Vagabond and those kind of people which I, don't, I also disagree with as well. So I'm kind of flying under the radar in, in their eyes so I don't get picked off. Um, so yeah, respect that. Um, that's why I've actioned that one. So I've started the uh, buymeacoffee.com forward slash General Maddox. And uh, yeah, you can throw the support there and join up as a member. And I'll, I'll, I will be putting the, the content up there as well. So it'll be dual usage basically. So same for Patreon and same for, for that particular subscription service as well. Yeah, just sort of let people know that there is another way to um, to do that. So there we go. Thanks for um, for the listener who who gave us the feedback and a good review. And uh, yeah, we really do appreciate it. Uh, it's awesome. I'll read them out on the on the show as well, which I've done with previous ones. And that about that's about it, man. We'll wrap it up there. Thanks again for all listeners. Um, please go to uh, pay, uh, where are we? Podbean.com forward slash Real News Australia, and you can share the show there and join up there if you want to. Um, yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for all listeners. Andy, thanks again for coming on. Ethan was a bit too busy to join us for this episode, so he, I said, no, nah, all good, me and Ando. We have to catch up anyway. Let's do it. <laughs> no worries, mate. It's a, a good coming on, good catching up, too. Beautiful. All right, well, I'll, I'll put this one up uh, tomorrow when I go home from work, man, and uh, it'll be live, man. Mm-hmm.